Welcome back to the week one waiver wire here at 4 for 4 Football and the most accurate podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, and we are going over what is on the site for you at 4for4.com. Much more in depth there, but let's go ahead and cover what you should be looking at for the week one waiver wire here today on the podcast. And let's begin with the Colts backfield. Because what we know right now is Zach Moss is questionable and Jonathan Taylor on injured reserve for at least four games. Given that we expect Anthony Richardson under center for 17 games, a mobile and rushing quarterback, what we do know is that 24 quarterbacks have totaled 100 rushing attempts since the 2013 season over the last decade. And the leading running back in those 24 offenses averaged 13.5 PPR points per game with only Christian McCaffrey and Marshawn Lynch averaging over 18 PPR points among that entire group. And McCaffrey did it twice because he's Christian McCaffrey. Having upside with a rookie and mobile quarterback was always the risk with Jonathan Taylor at ADP in the second round beyond his back injury and ongoing holdout. But now there are even more concerns, arguably, for the next man up. Like, who is it and how long will it matter? Zach Moss is recovering, as we mentioned earlier, from that injury he suffered in training camp and is reportedly questionable, leaning towards doubtful for week one against the Jaguars. And Taylor could return as early as week five, leaving Deion Jackson and fifth-round rookie Evan Hole as Indy's only available backs and a wide range on their suggested fab based on your roster needs and bench. Vegas is already projecting the Colts with the fourth lowest team total on the entire board in week one. So we already don't think there's going to be much production from Indy's offense entirely. And remember, last year, entirely different coaching staff, but Jackson only logged 40% of the team snaps in four games. But while we keep on trying to cling on to Deion Jackson, it's because he did earn a double-digit target share in all four of those contests. 15.7% share in those games, which would have ranked sixth among all running backs last season. So what we're really asking and trying to figure out is, if Jackson were to start, how much does Evan Hole eat into his targets and touches? And long-term, I'm admittedly concerned. Hole totaled over 220 touches in each of his last two seasons at Northwestern. Whereas, going all the way back to Duke, Deion Jackson hasn't reached 200 touches in any season over the last six years. As a 93rd percentile athlete who averaged 3.6 catches and a 15.1% target share over his last two seasons in college, I'm betting Hole is the better long-term and three-down option over Deion Jackson, who again, hasn't been trusted to be that for basically his entire career. But... I understand where some of you are on your rosters. So if we're looking strictly short-term, if we're pretending Zach Moss is out in week one, then yes, Deion Jackson can still be plugged in as an RB3 in PPR leagues. But long-term, I do still want to bet on Evan Hole over Deion Jackson. Another big question I've received this week is about the Rams wide receivers. Because Cooper Cup has now spent three days. By the time you're listening to this, maybe even four days, in Minnesota, getting a second opinion on his serious hamstring injury that has apparently, reportedly, since caused a setback. And if that's the case, we can look to last year. 
Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell overlap for seven games without Matthew Stafford to close the season. And it was Jefferson who led Atwell with an 18.5% target share and 8.6 PPR points per game to Tutu 17.4% and meaningless 6.1 points per game in that stretch. Remember, Jefferson is also now a full year removed from the same knee surgery that forced him to miss the first six games of last season, which is why we should be targeting him now at full health, presumably, over Tutu Atwell in every format off waivers. But deeper, 12, 14-team leagues, we do admittedly need to keep fifth-round rookie Puka Nakua in mind. Every offense, every team, and I see everyone in the chat mentioning Puka. Every coach tries to find a Debo Samuel for themselves. But I'm convinced if there's anyone who's actually swearing by finding the next Debo Samuel, it's probably the coach who's been pissed off the most by Debo. Because since Sean McVay got hired by the Rams in 2019, which is when Debo Samuel got drafted, Debo's averaged 11 yards per touch against the Rams. They have had zero opportunity and reason to stop him. They just can't find it at all. So if someone's going to create their own Debo, it's probably Sean McVay with Puka Nakua in deeper leagues, given that Nakua over his last two years in college did record 350 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. That's the kind of player, again, deeper formats, deeper benches, that I do want to target and stash since this target tree from Matthew Stafford is wide open. I'm not drafting, I'm not dropping, I should say, Cooper Cup because we don't expect him to miss the entire year. But it does sound, unfortunately, pessimistic that he's at least out week one against the Seahawks. And that's how we're going to address his absence as such. Speaking of potentially missing week one for injury, Romeo Dobbs for the Packers said he felt something in his hamstring during his final practice in the preseason finale against the Seahawks. And when asked about his availability for week one, he told reporters, quote, I'll leave those questions up to the coach. We don't know what's going to happen with Romeo Dobbs now against the Bears in week one. But honestly, that makes it even easier to bet on Jaden Reed in the season opener. Remember, Reed reached a 20% target share in all four seasons in college and was arguably the better player at ADP over Dobbs prior to injury. Since the Packers are, count the red flags, opening with an ambiguous target tree from Jordan Love, and Reed's number 50 overall draft capital is significantly better and something we should count on more than Dobbs' fourth-round status last year. Say whatever you want about the Seahawks' third wide receiver, D. Eskridge, who somehow fits into this equation. But the fact is, D. Eskridge was drafted on day two by Seattle, and Reed scored five more touchdowns than him as an 18-year-old in the one season they overlapped at Western Michigan. I personally, for his profile, would rather have Jaden Reed for his unknown upside than some higher rostered players in both Yahoo and Sleeper Leagues, like Adam Thielen, Jacoby Myers, and Tyler Boyd right now. And on shorter benches, I'm dropping Romeo Dobbs outright for Jaden Reed, regardless of Dobbs' health. I'm targeting upside on my bench rather than stashing Dobbs as the perceived wide receiver two in starting sets in week one. 
More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best views of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. And before we get out of here, because it is week one, a lot of you are still ongoing in drafts. Just a couple minor injury notes to note that, again, you can read all in the week one waiver wire column on 44.com. Starting with Jerry Judy avoiding the injured reserve list for injury. We don't know his status for week one just yet. As of Monday, he conditioned and worked out on the sideline. But that doesn't tell us nothing. Avoiding the injured reserve may just mean he misses one game. It may mean they're predicting his injury wrong. We don't know. But there are leagues, as crazy as it might sound, as much as I've yelled from the mountaintops for the last month, there are somehow leagues where Marvin Mims is available. On Sleeper, he's only 40% rostered. On Yahoo, he's only 34% rostered. Get with the Yahoo. And what that tells us is Marvin Mims is a flex option as early as week one. Remember, Mims was used to part-time player under Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma for his entire career until the last season because, like Arthur Smith, Lincoln Riley doesn't care about your fantasy team. Jordan Addison won the Blitnikoff Award for the nation's best receiver, running 70% of his routes from the slot. And then Jordan Addison transferred to USC last year and Lincoln Riley literally used him primarily on the boundary. Again, he does not care about your team. He's an offensive guru because he cares about his system. And of course, in his final year in 2022, without Lincoln Riley, finally, Marvin Mims exploded for 1,000 yards, his first 1,000-yard season in college, and a 22% target share in his only year as a full-time player. If we were expecting both the Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick who unfortunately suffered a season-ending Achilles injury in the preseason, to be out week one? Not only do the Broncos only have four wide receivers on their 53-man roster to date as I speak, Marvin Mims is starting in two wide sets. And we want to bet on him against this Raiders defense, who practically did nothing except add David Long, who was at Pro Football Focus graded as one of the league's worst corners last year, based on last season's metrics. Add Marvin Mims if he is somehow available in your shallow leagues. Moving on, remember, Miami surprisingly put Jeff Wilson on injured reserve with an undisclosed injury ahead of week one. And when Mike McDaniel was asked about him returning after his four-game absence, McDaniel even said, quote, I definitely would not be surprised if he made a return this season. In other words, we're avoiding Jeff Wilson and all the remaining drafts and pretending as if he won't return at all this year. And what's happened in the fallout is that everyone has gotten significantly higher on Raheem Mostert and buried Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M with his ongoing shoulder injury. But in the short term, Mostert is fine as a fringe RB2 
who is presumably going to get every single touch in week one against the Chargers. But remember, Moster hasn't stayed healthy for a full season at any point in his entire career since he joined the league in 2015. And A-Chain is the type of player we want to bet on to break out in the second half of the season. Not only is A-Chain going to return, supposedly, to practice as early as Tuesday, but he earned the nation's third most, the second most third down targets among all running backs last year and forced a missed tackle on 29% of his carries the past three seasons, which was the Power Five's fifth best rate in that span pro, per pro football focus. Lots of words that sound the same there in that paragraph. Nonetheless, that's the type of profile we want to bet on, especially since his ADP is just dropping. If he's on waivers, again, like Marvin Mims, somehow in your league, and you don't want to start a Miami running back this week, you stash a chain and hope it all works well for him in the second half of the season. Coach John Harbaugh in Baltimore advised everyone to, quote, not push the panic button on Mark Andrews. Supposedly, Mark Andrews is going to return to practice on Wednesday. I'm not worried. But again, the point of the waiver wire is to get ahead of everything. If we're trying to get ahead of a Mark Andrews injury, all these useless last-round tight ends we drafted, the Hunter Henrys, the Luke Musgraves, even the Sam Laportas of the world, don't matter compared to Isaiah Likely. Likely made three starts without Andrews last year, or played at least 50% of Baltimore snaps last year, whether Andrews was out or not. And in those three games, he recorded six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown, one catch for 24 yards and a touchdown, and eight catches for 103 yards. That's the kind of player we should be targeting especially at tight end, given that it's the most volatile position on the entire board. And finally, another injury to watch for on waiver ride before we get out of here is Juju Smith-Schuster. Because per the Monday morning quarterbacks, Albert Breer, Smith-Schuster's knee, quote, could explode at any point and is a mess. I don't exactly know how much we should lean until the, into that exact phrasing. But what we do know beyond that report is that Tyquan Thornton is out for the team's first four games on end reserve. Thus, we only have Devontae Parker, who the team just gave a three-year, $33 million extension with $14 million guaranteed to. And we want to bet on the Patriots' passing offense bouncing back. Last year's New England offense registered a league low 41.5% touchdown rate inside the red zone. That was also the 11th worst among the last decade, and a stat that typically regresses annually. And we know the last 13 teams to register lower than a 42% rate inside the 20 all increased their scoring in that area the following year, averaging a surge of 20.7%. Basically, ignore what happened last year. Ignore the team's yards per drive, 26th overall, points per drive, 24th overall, because not only do we expect that number to regress, but even from Matt Jones' rookie year, remember, this offense showed it had a ceiling with Matt Jones. This offense was ninth in yards per drive and 7th in points per drive. Last year's attack was also Bill Belichick's first. His entire career coaching the Patriots, 
that the team averaged less than 61 plays per game, and they averaged 59. We think both efficiency and volume are going to increase dramatically for the Patriots' passing attack. And if so, that's not only good news for Matt Jones and QB2 in Superflex Leagues, that's not only good for Hunter Henry and one tight end leagues where we're soaking up touchdowns because we waited on that position in the very last round. It's amazing for Devontae Parker, who's basically the only other wide receiver guaranteed to be out there if an unfortunate injury did happen to Judas Mischuster. And remember, the rest of the week one waiver wire column can be read at 44.com. Use the promo code Daigle for 25% off. Until then, we will be back on Tuesday with a special episode ahead of week one with Fantasy Life's own Matthew Barry. And remember, the waiver wire Discord chat, 5 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday for everyone who subscribed. Until then, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you next time.